podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. everyone, welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar, I'm your host as always and I thought that today's show might be a fairly quiet run-of-the-mill one, but I was wrong. Anyway, joining me to discuss uh, all matters to do with our team, cool, professional, wonderful and our opposition, not quite befitting those words, are first of all Mr Ian Hogg. Acting today as a laughing policeman. And Mr James Forrest. I thought you were describing me there, David. Well, no, no, no. I think that, that certainly you would have not been the most likely to be outside Parkhead last night with uh, a barrier to save you from the police. I, I did laugh when they were giving it the big man behind the barrier thing. I mean, it was it was actually so ironic because there they are protesting about Neil Lennon while giving it the classic Neil Lennon hod me back. <laughs> uh, I, I I did giggle about that, but we'll come to we'll we'll come to them um, at the end of the day. They are a minor inconvenience. Uh, we are the side that matter, and we strode off to Falkirk on the back of the two-two draw with Benfica. Uh, lots of changes to the side, Ian. And I remarked right at the start of the show, calm, professional. You can't get a lot out of these games because obviously you're expected to go there and win comfortably. So all you can do is go there and win comfortably. Goal up in five minutes, three up by half time. Lots of players getting some game time. Job done, tick, move on to the next round. Calm, professional and focused. Um really helps, of course, when you get the early goal. You know, I think there's there's that mental trauma that we've had uh, that, that's built up, up to this season, uh, David, I should say, that plastic pitches are hard, um, are hard to play on. We struggle on them. And over the past few years, that mindset has just developed and continued to develop. Now we are not treating teams on plastic, apart from Livingston, we're not treating teams on plastic pitches like... Uh, Real Madrid and we went out yesterday we did the business properly loads of changes uh, 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 very many, what seven changes I think it was mm. yeah we get an early goal we get one soon after one before half time and the game's dead and buried to the extent we're bringing on 16 year olds for their for their debut which I think is brilliant incidentally from a um, it, it shows there's the progression. It shows the path for the development team. But yeah, inside six minutes, the game's by and large done. Uh, but we're still popping the ball about. We're still playing our way, our brand of football. And it just it made the second half an absolute procession. Um, to the point, I must admit, it got to about half time and I was thoroughly looking forward to the aftermath. Yeah, James, I mean, it's it's this plastic pitch thing. I think at Livingston it's a little different because they are very well organised, Livingston. They do make it tough, and there the plastic pitch can act in his advantage, as it did with Kilmarnock under Steve Clark, particularly, um, because on top of the fact that, that it's difficult for players to kind of read the bounce of the ball and it can run away from you at times unexpectedly, you were up against a very organised and well-disciplined side. But we play on them a lot. We have now got a lot of experience on them. And I think it, the players are less likely to look for it as an excuse because that's that's confidence. You know, confidence kicks in and then we know that players don't like these pitches. But Jermaine Defoe spoke about it on Friday at the press conference when he said that it, we, we've played on it. We know. We just have to go on with it. Um, and that attitude, I thought, was showing right throughout the team. We're far too good a squad now to let that be an excuse. Um, and... Let's be fair, I actually think that the plastic pitch at Falkirk is actually of a slightly better quality than some of the other ones that you're talking about, like your Livingston's or even your, your Kilmarnock's as well. So I think that maybe helped in, in that respect. But no, nah, there's too many guys in that squad now that have 
played on that, they understand that. I'm sure that's a conversation that, that's had in the dressing room. Listen, we know this is not ideal. Just got you're a far better team than the team you're going up against in that sense. So don't let that be an excuse. Go out, do your job. And the players did the job. By the end of the first half, the game was done. And we just you know handle the second half as best as best you can, win the second half as we did. It was exactly what you want from a cup game against a lower league opposition, professional and with plenty of time to spare. You can bring on some young guys to kind of blood them in. It was it was as ideal as you could get. Yeah, it was, and I think the the important thing was just to make sure we get in, get out, try to avoid injuries. Unfortunately, we didn't manage that. Uh, Brandon Barker picking up a knock. It's going to happen. You're seeing it all around. Many leagues players are being asked to to play under a lot of uh, a lot of fixtures under uh, difficult conditions. So it, it's going to happen. We're realistic about it. As James mentioned, there we've got a decent sized squad uh, full of good players, which is important. Uh, we lost Philip Hellander to COVID. Ian, it, it's been in, inevitable that someone was going to to get it. It's just not realistic to think we were going to go through this the season unscathed. It probably won't be the last, unfortunately. But again, you've just got to try as best you can to to push through it. Yeah, it just shows you, David, that we're not immune to COVID-1690. Um, and thoughts and wishes go out to Philip Pellander and his family. He'll now self-isolate for, what now, the next 12 days or something like that. Now we're, we're a couple of days on. Um, and the rest of the team will get tested and, you know, and, and we'll, we'll crack on. There's nothing else for it. Hopefully no one else will be impacted. Um, selfishly, I'm looking at it thinking, right, Hellander's out for the next week and a bit. That largely leaves us with uh, a starting centre-half pairing of Goldson and Balligan. Calvin Bassey, however, came in yesterday and showed that absolutely he can play there. So we're not done in that position yet, but you're going to get injuries. You're going to get illness. COVID plus whatever other illnesses, and we're going to have players out for a spell. Um, Goldson went down yesterday in the second half in the six-yard box. I can't have been the only one that panicked. Um, turned out it was just a bit of Ricky, Ricky studs down his, down his calf. A little sting, but won't put him out. Um, but this is going to happen, David. You know, we're going to have players out. It's why we've got... It's why we've developed the squad over the past two and a half years. And it's why... Now, I think all of us are, by and large, pretty comfortable. If one player goes out and one player comes in, you're not seeing a dramatic reduction in quality. We're maybe seeing a, a a difference in the way we play, but we're no longer thinking if X player is out, we are stuffed. I think Falkirk, I think the, the rotation around the league games and the European games is showing that we have that capable squad. James, uh, something Hoggy touched upon there. Two guys that did start last night were James Tavernier and Connor Goldson, both of whom I've spoken before about they don't actually like missing games. They don't like um, being rested. They want to play every game, particularly. Uh, they don't have international commitments, so they, they, they feel that they get a rest during that. Uh, Connor Goldson, of course, has spoken about making up for lost time. He had that serious heart condition at, at, at Brighton that cost him a couple of seasons out of his career. But... It, I would say that they might well be the two most important players that we have at the moment in that there's not a direct replacement for any of them. Now, if you lose a player of the quality of Ryan Kent, for example, or if you lose a player of the quality of, of Glenn Kamara, then of course you're, you're going to, to miss them. But you look around the squad and you say, well, yeah, but we can fill in with you know Jermaine Defoe. Um, coming in yesterday, showing that he could come in. You know, We've got wide players, etc. But in those two positions... They are, I think, the guys, not only for what they bring in terms of performance, which this season has been incredibly high and consistent, but also, you know, it's the captain and the vice captain. They are the leaders on the pitch. Tav is a sort of leader by example. Goldson's the organiser, the shouter. I, I think that those two are, are absolutely crucial to what we're trying to achieve. Yeah, they are because everywhere else in, in the squad, if you, if you look at it, you know, we had John McLaughlin play, uh, for example, instead of Alan McGregor. That's games. I think we'd be absolutely fine if we had to play McLaughlin instead of McGregor. Um, Bassey could play at left back 
uh, if Borna Barasic couldn't play. We have a plethora of options in both midfield and attack, depending on what you want to do. But Tavernier, for his leadership and his constant energy up and down that right flank, he is endless in terms of in terms of the work rate that he puts in, into that. And Goldson is just that calming influence on the field who you just know he's going to do exactly what he needs to do in a defensive sense. We'll play those long balls. He's getting a lot better at them as well. And that certainly helped us in terms of our first goal as well. Um, it's there's, there's not anyone in the team that you could think, okay, well, if they can't play, then it's fine because we've got X player. Um, they are far, far too important. They're indispensable. Like I, I'm not sure there's any amount of money that, would you know in terms of realistic money that would tempt us to you know get rid of them because they're just way way too important for us in in terms of the way that we play. Walter Smith, who's not a man I ever argue with, he and um, spoke last week about Connor Golden and and what he felt was that people maybe forgot in his first season that he was coming back after you know, a couple of years, really, with very little football. And it was going to take him time to to get himself up to the level. And he's never been a bad player for us. He's always been decent to good. You know, there's been bad periods of form like everyone else. But overall, he's, he's, he's certainly been worth his place in the team. But this season, he's just gone up a level, I think. And he's just so commanding. And, and you know, you and I grew up watching great Ranger centre-halves and a team really built from that area. And... I'm definitely hearing notes of that in Conor Goldson's performances. Two seasons before uh, Conor Goldson came to Ibrox, he played uh, 18 games, David. 18 games in two years. He came to us, and I must admit, I think when he arrived, he really looked apart. And then he tailed off in the second half of the season. And that's, you know, cold light a day, not surprising. Really annoyed us all at the time. But it's not surprising. Last year, he, he was prone to the odd error. Now he's had lockdown and pre-season, proper pre-season, alongside a guy that, frankly, he just trusts in Philip Hellander. Um, and Katic was in the mix, clearly bulked up during lockdown, and Balligan's come in, and he, I think he trusts him as well. And all of a sudden, he's gone from a guy that we weren't sure if we could trust Let's spades a spade. Yeah. We 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 did not know if we could trust Connor Goldson, and now we can. To the point that when he made he made him he made a wee mistake against uh, Benfica, I think he tried a turn and the balls nicked off him. You go, oh Jesus! But then you realise that's maybe one of two mistakes this year uh, or this season. We can, I think, frankly, we can trust him. He's now in that rhythm of playing. Twice a week, every week, his fitness has gone up, his stature's gone up, he's winning just about every single ball. Um, Walter knows a defender. Yes, Walter, he does. What Walter sometimes would like to play with about six of them in the team, um, and that's you know. I, I once saw when Walter was at Everton, he played um, a three-five-two, and it was three centre halves, obviously. Two centre halves at wing back and a centre half at holding midfielder. So he has done that. He's done it with us. And I remember the nine in a row season, they would often play uh, 3 5 2 or 5 3 2 with Craig Moore in the middle of the park. Uh, there's your six defenders. Walter knows a defender. Connor Goldson, I think, is just coming through this season and the consistency is, is really incredible. And, and he has, let's face it, he has chopped and changed alongside him. Goldson's the main man. It'll be Hollander by and large. And when he's rested, it'll be Balligan. James, you're a bit of one of these modern uh, modern football VL types. Um, fullback to fullback wasn't something I saw a lot growing up, but I'm certainly seeing a lot of it now. Ah, uh, yeah, it's it's crucial to how we how how we play. And I, I felt kind of in the past you have one fullback that performs well and the other fullback maybe doesn't quite have that same level I think where maybe we saw the example with that fourth goal just the cross from Borna 
Tav, who is desperate to get into the box, he's desperate to score at every opportunity he can. He's there to once again finish, and his numbers in terms of goals, and also you know his involvement in goals, both in terms of scoring and assisting, those numbers are absolutely sensational um, this season. I think so much of that is down to the trust that Tav has in terms of Borna's delivery, because if there's one thing that you can say is going to be consistent about Barisic is his crossing is exceptional and he will find Tav if he's making his way into the box and Tav is, is getting even better at finishing. He's always been good at that ever since he's been, he's always been you know, good for, for someone who is predominantly a right back. He can find the back of the net, whether it be a set piece or an open play. Um, and I think Borna trusts Tav in, in that sense as well. It's, Certainly a more modern thing, but I think we're one of the best teams in terms of how we actually execute that um, because a lot of wide play is about your wide attackers cutting inside and hitting it on, uh, on their kind of on the opposite side. Uh, if they're strong on the right foot, they'll play the left-hand side, etc. I think we are really, really good for this kind of sort of modern full-back play, which maybe a lot of te- other teams are maybe having to catch up on. You possibly say that Liverpool are maybe one of the kind of earliest exponents of that, but we're certainly kind of following suit in that respect. Yeah, you can see the influence there definitely from from Klopp, but you need talented fullbacks to be able to go and do it, and they both are. I mean, Hoggy, 14 goals from, from right-back is ridiculous, and of course, you, you hear, ah, well, penalties, as if penalties, by the way, are given, as if there's not a skill in putting them in the back of the net, but um, yeah, he, he has scored eight penalties. He scored six remote and play from right back, which would be pretty decent by the end of November anyway, but 14 in total is just crazy. Well, you take the six, the six so far from open play and project that out, extrapolate that to the end of the season and you're looking at 15 to 18 goals, David, from open play for a right back. It's sensational. Um, James Tavernier, for me, is the player of the season so far. I heard uh, John Hartson mid-cry just before our game on <laughs> Thursday night um, talk about how Ryan Christie was the best player in Scotland. No, he's not. James Tavernier just now is hands down the best player and the most probably the, the most influential player in Scotland. The finish last night is sublime. It's That's a hard skill. That ball's spent a lot of time in the air. And he catches it perfectly. You know, it's not even a Kenny Miller at Parkhead when he, he smashes it into the ground to get away, to to get it away from the keeper. It's perfect. It's just brilliant execution. Um, and that whole fullback to fullback thing, that's been, if you look through those six open play goals, that's actually been, you know, quite quite prevalent all the way through. And, you know, you've, you hear the commentators talk about it time after time. Um and we're only focusing there on James Tavernier. You've got Bor- Borna Barisic as well yesterday was excellent for the, what was he on, an hour. Um, he's still bombing up. We're 3-0 up, plastic pitch, and he's bombing up the wing to get that cross in for the other fullback that's bombing up the wing to, 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 to put it in. We've not even touched on Barisic's free kick. Again, sublime. It's just, it's a brilliant way to watch Rangers play football. Um, and I know it's not come from nowhere, David, but the level of consistency that we are showing now, the the, the drill that's the drilling that's clearly gone on over the past two and a half years from when Stephen Gerrard and his coaching team came through the door, by uh, by God it's evident. Yeah. Um I was I was really pleased with the, the performance overall because as I say it's it's a bit of a, a nut you can only really lose in these games because you're not gonna get any praise, any significant praise for a solid four 0 win. People expect it, but if you slip up or you don't play very well, which we'll be coming to um with someone else, that you are going to, you know, get the criticism. So I th- I thought they did really pretty much everything that, that you would want in a match like that because you know, let's not forget, James, this is not a regular side that's used to playing together. Yeah, they train together and that's great. But, you know, the, it's an experimental lineup, And to go out and play with, a, I thought, composure that they did uh, was, was a, a real testament to, to how hard they've been working and training to get to know each other. Yeah, a lot of the guys that are playing there, you're, you're not, you know, if you, if you were to meet your current first 11, a lot of those guys aren't, aren't making it in there at the moment. Um, but I think... 
the attitude of the squad is bang on because those guys came in and they wanted to, you know, the, the effort level was there. Um, in particular with, I thought, Cedric Hitton, who despite things not quite falling for him um, as much, and I think it was more down to a lack of luck than anything on that, I thought he kept trying throughout in terms of playing that role, you know, kind of wider on the right-hand side. Um, he kept running, he kept looking for opportunities, whether it be to score or to set up as well. Um, so I think I think a lot of credit has to go in terms of we've talked about this before in terms of the attitude of the overall squad. It's always been quite good, but it looks especially good at the moment because we have a higher quality of player. And what could sometimes happen with that in squads is if you get that and you get more high quality players, you start to get guys that are saying, "Well, hang on, why am I not playing week in week out?" Um, but I don't get the impression that that's a, that's an issue that we ever have to worry about um, with a lot of these guys. Uh, Yanis Hadji as well, another one, you know, this this absolute superstar back in his home country. You know, he's having to work hard to try and get into this team right now because the guys who play in his positions, they are just performing better right now. And he's got to try and take these opportunities where, where he can. But he's still, you know, want, showing for the ball, wanting to do as best he can. Um, it's it's an overall mentality that seems to be going on at Auckland Howie that means that we can rotate like this and we can bring in guys for games now and again, which is not, you know, even in some of the kind of regular league games, we make one or two wee changes as well within that. And these guys slot in absolutely no issues whatsoever. Um, so this is a this is a squad that is striving for the same thing. There's no individuals, I feel, at the moment within that. No, I think you're right there. And, and I'm glad you highlighted Ethan there because Hoggate... A few friends actually got in touch, you know, you know, talking about the game last night, as as, as you do, and and you know, quite happy, quite satisfied, we're having a bit of a laugh at uh, the travails of of our opponents, and um, but but a few people went, ah, oh, you know, not sure about eating and Hadji's poor again. I wonder. Now, look, they weren't sensational, absolutely not, but I agree with James. You know, they both put a shift in. I think Hadji's trying too hard. I really do. I think he's frustrated because he knows he's not playing well and he wants to just up his game and it will come because he's talented and that's, you know, that, that I, I've got no concerns about that. Um, Eaton's new, new country, not been playing much, desperate to impress. Again, calm down, working well. I think he'll do a turn for us. Have we been almost conditioned the last 10 years? And I, I said this to them, so I'm not talking behind their back, that because of what's gone wrong for us at times, everything um, that we almost need something to worry about <laughs> at the moment. And some of our fans are, things are going so well that they're almost saying, nah, nah, right. This is, this is not normal. Um, so uh, what, what concerned me today, uh, eating and Hadji, they'll do. And it's almost to me like, it's an understandable psychological effect of the last 10 years, or is it simply that I overrate these two and they're actually rubbish? I don't think they're rubbish, and I don't think they're showing the form that they're going to need to. I think it's absolutely fair that both are, and both are in a new country. Uh, had you only joined us, what, end of January? Um, played well for six weeks. And then the country went into lockdown, right? Itton joined us at, you know, after playing a, a handful of, of Swiss games. It's a new country for both. They're both young men. They're both young players. We've seen it, David, over the years. People can take a little while to settle. When they do, then you get the best out of them. Ryan that, Kent. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Ryan, Kent, Ryan, Kent, Ryan Kent came to us. Was was great last season, maybe not so much. Worked hard, proper preseason behind them. Look at him now, Barisic the same. Um, but it goes, and yes, we've got the mental scan of the past nine years. Absolutely. Do I still hold absolute pessimism and cynicism for just about every shadow lurking around the corner? Absolutely. Will that see, change? See, not- no, you don't. See what it is. Ah, right. Right, and I know you hate this, but I'm going to do it anyway. It's not that, I don't think, because you always say you're cynical and you're not. That's your problem. You actually <laughs> got such a big heart. Um, it's fear of 
I've had my balls booted so often that I'm going to cover my balls. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that, I'm that fed up getting kicked in the balls. So at least if it's coming, I'm going to have my hands over them. And yeah. I suppose it is inevitable after the, what we've been put through. Absolutely, the, the, there is a bit of that. I mean, we we, we tend to like get my balls towed, frankly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's a part of the anatomy that's supposed to be treated with a bit of love and respect, isn't it? But it does, you know, it it goes beyond the past nine years, David. As long as I've been a Rangers fan, there's always been players that, even when you're doing supremely well, there's always been players that folk will go, "Uh, no sure about him. Um, So it's not really unique to us, is it? I don't think so. Is it the Scottish psyche? Possibly. Is it just being football supporters? Probably. Because if you go back to Advocate's side when the second season, there's still players on that side you'd go, "Mm, I'm not sure about Perini. Well, why not? Do you know the one I always remember when we have a conversation like this? Dale Gordon. Dale Gordon used to get it tight and, you know, looking back, he was actually... Decent. <laughs> he, he was quite. He was quite good, and we typically always won. And he worked. He worked his tail off. Dave McPherson, poor yeah. bastard, six foot four, stuck it at right back. And yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it isn't unique. You know, every club has their, their players who, even when you're doing well, you go, oh, I'm not sure about him. But I, I do think it needs to. It's a bit early to 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 be worrying too much about them. And you know, as long as we're winning, that's that's the main thing. So, St Mirren away, James, in the next round of the Cup. Obviously, prefer a home draw, but I'll be honest, the two I wanted to avoid in the draw were Hibs away and Livingston away. Not because I was you know, scared or didn't think we would beat them. We would, but obviously, Hibs is the most difficult team left in the competition, obviously. Uh, and Livingston, plastic pitch, etc., etc. Both sides have had good results at home against us this season. So, if we'd got them, fine, but I'd rather have avoided them. St Mirren away, very little travel, plastic pit, uh, no plastic pitch. Yeah, I was I was reasonably happy with that draw. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, there's there's nothing else I think you, you you can add to that. It's a short journey. It's you know ideal surface. Uh, you know, especially for a midweek game as well, which it will be. The fact that we don't have to travel that far yeah. when games are coming thick and fast that does help as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the difference between having to travel to Paisley, having to travel to Edinburgh, um, or Dingwall even, or or yeah, or Dingwall, I know, um, which could well have been, but you know, we've avoided that. It's simple, straightforward. Yeah, it's. You know, given given everything else that's happening in, in, in the competition, the draws open up now. We are by far and away the favourites for it. Whoever we're going to get, we're going to have to go in with the same attitude. You got to go win the game, get into the semi final uh, at that point. So whoever it's going to be in the quarters, in the semi, in the final, we've got to have that same attitude now. Ian, my friend, you and I grew up when Rangers owned the League Cup. Right? Even when Rangers were rubbish, Rangers could put it. Our tenant sixes team and win the League Cup in the eighties, right? It, it it was our trophy. Um, so you and I have got an emotional fondness for it. However, there is a practical reason for it as well. I've seen some fans saying I'm not bothered about the League Cup uh, uh, this year because it's all about the league, and and they're right to degree. Although I don't think that we've been successful enough recently to to turn our nose up at any competition. But I think winning the league will be easier if we win the League Cup because. I just go back to Jose Mourinho. He says that, uh, you know, he always goes hard for the League Cup because it's the first trophy you can win. And if you do win it, you get a winning mentality installed in the players. They get a taste of success. They find out what it's like to hold a bit of silverware and they want more of it. So for that reason, I think it's it's important just for a, a league challenge, to be honest. I think it's important for us as supporters, David, to get, you know, what do we want? We want... Silver things waved at as by players and Rangers jerseys. Uh, that starts with the League Cup. I want that trophy. I now expect that trophy because we should be going and winning that now, David. It's that old adage of, uh, you know, growing up, even now, well, if Celtic go out, then we're the favourites. Yeah. Uh, just, just like Celtic fans will look at it and go, if Rangers go out, we're the favourites. Fine. So, I now expect us to go on and win it. 
I want us to win it. I, I care about it for all the reasons you've talked about, but it's about instilling confidence. You get a winning bounce from winning, winning a trophy. The players will love it and they want more of it. And we'll get. I think you win that trophy, you get an extra kick on from when's the final February, February through to to May. Um, yeah, there's there's literally nothing bad happens when you win that trophy. No, I, I totally agree. And for me, I think that I've said for a few seasons, but I really do believe once we get the first one, then you know, ain't no stopping us now. I really do believe it, James. Your second name is, of course, Forrest, but what you don't want is a forest in your nose. Am I right? I know. Who who wants that? Let's be honest. And Ian, we're getting to the age where ear hair, nose hair, unfortunately, they're becoming a thing. Yeah, the the old hair. Hair right on top of the head doesn't grow so fast, but nose, ear, everywhere else, and typically going shades of grey, David. Well, listen up, lads. Today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer in the UK. Take a look in the mirror and I guarantee you will see hairs sticking out of those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your downstairs. Um, Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. The nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology which helps prevent nicks, snags and tugs in those delicate holes. James, nobody wants a tug in their delicate hole, do they? I'm assuming not, not that I would know. Their premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Ian, see when I was a kid, military helicopters didn't have that sort of technology. No, they did not. Um, I remember buying my first computer, David, and it probably wasn't as high a spec as that. I think 9,000, you say? 9,000 RPM. I think, from memory, that's the same as the ball buster or whatever it's called. Look, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turn-off, so it's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code rangers at manscaped.com. That's rangers at manscaped.com. So thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our downstairs trimmed and hairs in our holes looking nice. So you get 20% off and free shipping with the code rangers at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code rangers. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. And look, I know that people don't like when we talk about Celtic on the show, but unfortunately we're going to. Um, but there's fair warning if you're one of the people that don't like it. But it does affect us. And James, they lost yesterday and got knocked out of the cup. This is the first time that they wouldn't win a trophy in Scotland for, for four years. Um, it is big and it is different and it does signal, hopefully, a changing of the guard because their era of complete and utter dominance is over. That's not to say they won't re- regroup and come back and win trophies. I'm not saying that at all. It's clearly not going to happen. But it does mean that the spell, if you like, over the rest of Scottish football has been broken. And I also think that this you know, this time last year, do Ross County go there with that belief, thinking we can get a result today if we work hard? I'm not sure they do. And it is just that that slight change in attitude. Of course Celtic will beat Ross County you know, forty nine times out of fifty. I don't I don't doubt that. I don't think Ross County fans would doubt that. But these teams now are beginning to go, well, hang on, we'll have a go, because you never know. And I do think that for the last few seasons, that hasn't always been the case. Yeah, they've lost that. They've lost that air of not total, but near invincibility when it comes to playing those that, that level of side. Um, because... You know, they're get-atable, and it's a it's a big scalp for a team like Ross County to go there and get that get that kind of result. Um, what it does for them, it, it it's um it's that reality check, this idea that things were just always going to go their way from from there on because they thought that what they had was this total position of total dominance over the rest of Scottish football. As time has gone on, that's just eating away, and it's eating away from the inside, and you can see on their players' faces and then their coaching staff, the pressure that they've been put under this season for them in terms of everything that it means to them, it's it's getting to them and it's becoming too much for them. And it's bloody brilliant. 
and they are they are going to you know if that's their reaction to going out of the league cup if that's the way that their fans react to that if they miss out on other trophies this season not that they've got many bloody trophies left to fucking no no they for. don't yeah um, they managed to get knocked out might get knocked out of the the league cup this year before they got knocked out of the Scottish Cup from last year. I mean, it, it's it, you know they're the, the basically out of three competitions before we've opened our advent calendars. It's quite impressive. Yeah, um, and when they get to the point where they are missing out on other trophies as well, it, imagine that times ten when it's the league. Imagine imagine that reaction times twenty. It you know Glasgow as much as we are going to be unbearable for them they are they are going to lose their shit big time if you thought I was bad just wait until May honestly it's going to be it's going to be something else and the self-entitlement that felt you really saw that mm. uh, from from that lot that turned up there to really have a go you think about what we've been through for the last eight years and we never ever behaved as badly as they did at that point. They are a bunch of petulant children acting like that and I cannot wait for them to feel even more miserable when the time comes. Uh, that's strong talk from James, as, as those of you who listen to the shows will know that. You know, I, I think he was only a few seconds away from whipping out a glove and demanding satisfaction, quite frankly. But uh, I agree. I agree totally. And uh, look, it's hard to analyse their behaviour rationally. I agree with James. I think that if that had been us at any point over the last eight years, Jesus, there would have been laws made about it. We all know that. But it was, I think, a sign that, look, all empires eventually fall. And I think that they know that they're in the end game here. Now, they'll regroup and come back. I don't doubt that for a second. And if we don't do our job, then we'll hand them it. But I this is a fan base, certainly at least a section of a fan base, who simply cannot handle defeat. They simply cannot deal with it. It's can he take it, FC? David, <laughs> it's, it's as simple as that. Can he take it, FC? So let's look at this rationally for a second. And of course, football isn't rational. I, I fully accept that, fully understand that. This is one wobble across a two-month period. Now, don't get me wrong. The stat I love is across October and November 2020, Rangers have won more times than Celtic at Parkhead. Um, that's astonishing, first and foremost. However, it's one wobble. Uh, you're right. Football cyclical. Things come to an end. We saw the Green Brigade outside Parkhead with their banner. Spelt correctly, well done. Uh, if I'll, I'll give you allowance for Neil is N-E-I-L and not N-E-I-C. Um, and that caused real division amongst the Celtic support. You saw it. Um, we could just stand back and point and laugh, largely. And it did come across a bit like, right, there's a bit of pressure. Pissing their pants and they're stamping their feet like toddlers. Rangers just keep on winning. Uh, we got the draw against Benfica. They, they crumbled and collapsed against uh, Sparta Prague. And what we've seen since is just that wobble continuing. And I must admit, David, over the past, what, 10 to 15 years, whenever we said anything not nice against poor Neil, it would be anti-Irish bigotry. It would be sectarian. Then, then if, if all else failed... Neil Lennon's mental health would be brought up. And I must admit, watching the Celtic fans outside Parkhead last night, it just struck me that alongside social distancing, I'm guessing all of that stuff is just out the window, basically, all because of one wobble and Celtic being a little bit pish. It's great to watch. It has to be tempered as much as I'm enjoying it, David, and by fuck, you know I am. Mm. Um, it has to be tempered. There's just one wobble they could turn it around quite easily. We could only be five points ahead when they play their games in hand. We have to keep on doing our stuff, keep on winning, keep on the pressure. If we can do that, 
heart and hand should start printing custom made maps to the Erskine Bridge. We'll make a fortune, David. Yeah. Um, and that's when you. James is right. It's what we all want to see. And I don't want to see it because of them. I want to see it because of us. Oh, yeah. The fantastic, yeah, just, the fantastic byproduct is. Yeah, that, then that, you get that, to watch that sideshow. That's a nice symptom of our success. Yes, um, and that's one I'm looking forward to. But not as much as I'm looking forward to seeing Rangers waving silver things at me. Um, I think that, yeah, as difficult. Their reactions way over the top and massively counterproductive. I mean, they're complaining that the players don't care. Well, yeah, they're really likely to. <laughs> to give it 110% after that, aren't they? After the cars got smashed up. Um, it's it's uh, counterproductive. One of the things, though, that, that we've heard a lot, James, is this argument of uh, we, we don't want them to do badly because we want Lennon to stay. And I don't understand that particularly because what they're saying is we want Celtic to win so that they don't get a manager in who will help them to win, which kind of seems a bit of a tautology to me. Now, I agree, you know, it'd be great if they keep Neil Lennon, but if they don't, there seems to be this assumption among Rangers fans that I speak to that, 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 that they say, well, you know, they'll get a manager in and he'll sort them out. It doesn't automatically follow. Making a managerial change in the middle of a season is a big traumatic thing because, one, it can go either way, and, two, it involves new staff, new training regimen, everything like that, that, that you're getting to know the players, all of that takes place. Had you said to us in July, they will implode to such a degree that they have to change their manager, and at that point, they'll be out the League Cup, um, and you'll be five points ahead. I'd have wrestled a shark for that. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm... I'm similar in that sense of I don't I don't quite understand this idea or no we want them we want them to do well I I want them to lose every single fucking game I I'm not trying to think in terms of you can't think long term with stuff like that if the opportunity is there for them to to for them to lose a game then let them lose look at what this has done this has made us massive massive favourites for our first major trophy in a fucking long time I was yeah. Way, well, actually, way, it'll be nearly ten by the time, yeah, yeah. By the time it comes around. Ah, yeah, exactly. Um, I can't, I can't wait for the chance at getting that. You know, and I'm not. I, 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 no, at no point do I think, oh, actually, I'd rather they were in the quarterfinal draw because I want Neil Lennon to stay. I, yeah, it's you, we can't think that like far into the future. Just deal with the here and now. The fact is, they've lost. The fact is, we're probably at the moment, by by the way things seem to be sounding, we're getting the best of both worlds because not only are they out, it looks as though they're still keeping them, which is even better because the reaction to that as well is just fucking glorious. Um, I just, it's, you know, let them deal with themselves, we deal with ourselves, and the misery, as was said, as Holly said, that they're compelling on their sales because they've worked themselves up so much over the last seven, eight years. They've worked themselves up to this frenzy. It's going to be too much for some of them to take. They'll not be able to deal with it. And all the all the joy that both them and supporters of other clubs who for some reason have this real need to try and you know put us down at every opportunity, the, the despair they're going to get when we start to be successful again will be more than any joy that they'll get from any football, from any of the football teams ever again. And that's just sad and pathetic from them. David, they they thought they'd killed us. Yeah, they did. And they thought they already had the 10. Yeah. That's the key point. That, that That's bang on. They thought they'd killed us. They thought they were so far ahead. They'd Chris Commons telling them it would take, what, 70, 50, 70 million, whatever it was, 70, yeah. for Rangers to even have anywhere near a level playing field. They've watched us get better progressively and they've ignored it. And all of a sudden now they, they, they realise shit, they've regressed and Rangers have got an awful lot better and they're ahead of us, and we're now getting put out of cups by Ross County, and they've hit the panic button. And panic, along with self-entitlement, equals what you saw last night at Parkhead after one wobble. It's uh, absolutely 
Celtic to lose every game. Absolutely. Keep Neil Lennon and um, get the popcorn in. The thing is, though, this wouldn't be happening if Rangers were a joke. This would not be happening if Rangers were capable of, you know, a couple of decent performances and then losing one. This wouldn't be happening if Rangers were massively overperforming and looked as though, yeah, but they're going to hit a blip any time now. This is down to Rangers. And I think one of the key factors in this is almost putting the blinkers on and going, don't worry about them, this is all about us. And I know that that might sound ironic when we've just spoke about them, but we're fans, we're allowed to. I think that the, the squad and the management have gone, never mind, right? Control what we can control. And it's this so far, and obviously if it doesn't keep up, then we won't end up with anything, we know that. But if it does, it's this relentless, straightforward drive to where we want to go. And they're watching this, and I think for the first time since 2010-11, they're watching us and we're not watching them. There's a bit also, David, about um, revelling in victimhood. You know, there's I've always I've always long held the view that you know there's there's a portion of the Celtic support want to be the victims. Of course they do. It's all the refs' faults, the Masons. It's you know we haven't won everything since time began because of the establishment. If it's a conspiracy, it's been utterly pish. I mean, it's been a rubbish conspiracy. Whoever's controlling it, um, but yeah, they they, they they have only been looking at themselves. We, Celtic fans, Celtic, haven't played well. That's why. And now they are looking over their shoulders. They realise that we've gone past them in the league. Performance-wise, we've gone past them, etc. I'll always go back to it, though, David. We're only five points ahead because I've, in my head, anyway, Celtic have got those points for the, the games in hand. Five points ahead, we keep on winning, keep on applying the pressure, and the cracks will just continue to show. Yeah, I would I would agree with that, and I think that we are putting ourselves into a good position. Now it's time to, to drive onwards. And James, we have an opportunity to make the hopefully if results, uh, you know, if we win, and I think there's a certain other one, but even so, we've got an opportunity to basically cement our place in the next round of the Europa League. We welcome Standard Liège to Ibrox. Now, this is a, a strange one because they are the weakest team in the group, but they're still a decent side. You know, don't don't be fooled by that. Um, Rangers will have to be on it to get the result. Of course. Um it's it's a group where you don't. There's not an obvious kind of definitely the worst team, but you know they they managed to get a late win against Poznan um, last week, which gives them a bit more hope. Although I think Poznan and Liège are kind of at that same level of uh, the the feeling is they're going to hope that maybe a couple of slip ups gives them gives them an opportunity to kind of sneak back in, but it's very very unlikely. Um, managed to get a draw against Anderlecht at the weekend which is another good result from from their point of view we go into this game as favourites they are missing their key guy and Zinho Van Heusden he's out for the season with an injury their defender, their captain um, so it just makes it even even more likely from that point of view they'll do what you know, teams that like that do, they'll have their kind of sort of fast, fast attacking opportunities. But we're at home. We know how to deal with stuff like that. We've got with the right lineup, with the right players in there, the right attacking trio, which I feel that we all know what that is for the time being. Um, I have no major concerns over over this game in terms of getting the win, which would be enough to get as a result. And even if it's a draw, that's probably still going to be good enough for us to get into the into the knockout stage, which really, I think, for us, was the aim going into into this campaign following the draw. Yep, I would totally agree with that. Right, now, that will almost do us for, for today, but I have quite an interesting thing to tell you about. On Friday, the 11th of December, the Rangers Charity Foundation will be hosting their first ever online quiz, and you will be able to be a part of it. I will be hosting it live on our YouTube channel. And you will be able to to join in. We're we're playing for money, um, not a lot of money, but they're still. <laughs> uh, if you sign up 
um, you put in, it's it's a pound. It, it doesn't cost much to to play. And of course, you'll be helping raise money for the Rangers Charity Foundation, which is what it's all about. But if you think you know your Rangers, then that's uh, and please put in your diary. I'll have more information. Cammy will have more information for you on Friday. I'll have more information for you on Monday. I'm just telling you this right now. Have Friday, 11th December, 7pm, put away and come and test your Rangers knowledge. Ian, I know you like a good Rangers quiz. Will you be stepping up to the plate? Rangers knowledge, you say? Yes, I shall. Yes, it's a lot of fun, folks. Um, I've been fortunate enough as they've been doing the kind of trials of it to to, to get involved and to play um, on a few occasions. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's it's all done online. It's all done through an app. Um, it's a, a multiple choice and whoever's quickest, etc. It's it's a lot of fun. I think you'll genuinely enjoy it, and you've a chance to win money, and you've a chance to raise money. What more do you want? I, I can't wait for it. Friday, 11th of December. And just to uh, urge you, if you're not already a subscriber, to head to our Patreon site, patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where for just £1.99 per month, you'll get up to five shows every single day. We cover all things Rangers. We cover current events, history, player profiles. We cover press conferences. We cover other sports, other football. You name it, you will have a whale of a time from just 50 pence per week over there. We've got over 5,000 subscribers and a 90% retention rate. So when people come, they stay, which is a good sign. And Ian, we're celebrating our third anniversary today of being on Patreon. We are. Um, who would have thought three years ago when we started, David, when you, me and Cammy were saying, so what are we going to record then? Mm. Um, having already gone live in true heart and hand style, it's been, honestly, it's been such a roller coaster, David. You know, we we started off, I think, with two ideas, the daily update and the advocate years we did. To, to, to chronicle Dick Advocate. I did a Q&A show to begin with, and that was largely just to get what do the punters want to hear about? That show's still going, bizarrely. I thought it would last about a month. Um, and yeah, here we are, all the way through to... But tonight, David, we're recording the, the, the first of six shows on the greatest Rangers ever, voted for, voted by, I should say, uh, the, 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 Patreon, uh, the Patreon community, I think, is what we've built. It's a blast. It's hard work. I will not lie, but David, I wouldn't have it any other way. I absolutely love it. Yeah, we've had tremendous fun doing it, James. Have we not? Oh, it's been the best, the best fun um, I could possibly ask for the past three years. It's, it's the, the heart and hands been the best thing that's ever happened to me, and I'll say that truly, honestly, um, it's been yeah. the best thing ever. You know how much I fear sincerity, so I'm desperate to take the piss here. But I'm actually going to, I'm just going to let that, you know, enjoy it actually rather than maybe I'll take, maybe I'll take you, you know, to, no, 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 I'm not, I'm, that's a nice <laughs> no, thing. No, it's thank fair. you, James. It's fair. It's thank you, James. It's, it's been the best thing that ever happened to me, but that's because no, I don't need a proper job. But um, anyway, it's well worth it. I think you'll enjoy it. Go and give us a try. Right, thank. Thanks to our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Miles. Thanks to my guest, Ian Hogg. Pleasure, mate, as always. And James Forrest. Thank you, David. Thank you, Hoggy. Thanks, folks. We'll be back next week. Till then, take care. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.